Thank you for joining us on Sunday mornings at Frisco Church. And now, here's Pastor Matt. Grab your Bibles if you would, your phones, whatever it is that you use for your scripture. You're going to want to you're going to want to have that opened up today. Turn it to Genesis chapter 12 this morning. Genesis chapter 12. Today we're going to look at something for a few minutes. Uh, and it's a it's a theme that the Lord just kind of keeps bringing me back to, but I want to, maybe I guess God's just teaching us some things and showing us some things where we are today. So Genesis chapter 12, today we're going to be looking at this subject of being between, being between. It's, 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 uh, you're not there yet, but you've already left, is you're between. Uh, I was thinking a little bit about this, and we've all been there, in fact, Many of us are there right now. You're not where you used to be, but you're not exactly where you want to be. You're not where you used to be, but you're not exactly where you want to be, and, and you find yourself in between. At least you're going, I'm not who I once was, but I'm not really, I don't think God's finished with me yet. Well, you find yourself in between, or maybe, maybe you're too far in to be out, but you're too far out to be in. Well, you're in between. Or maybe the train has left the station, but it's not yet arrived. Well, you're in between. Or a couple things, you know, for sure uh, that in our lives we can all relate to. We don't want to go back and be who we once was. We don't want to go back and do the things we were once doing. And we're trying to figure out where we're supposed to be. Well, what you find is you're in between. You're just in between. And this, this area of in-between is not the easiest area to live in. In fact, many times you're in-between for years. The Egyptians allowed the Israelites to leave after 10 plagues, and for the next 40 years the Israelites lived in-between. They lived in-between Egypt and the Promised Land. Sometimes these in-between seasons are fast sometimes and quick. Sometimes they're lengthy. Uh, but, but like I said, one thing for sure is we don't want to go back and do what we've always done. We don't want to go back and be what we've always been. We don't want to go through the same things we've always went through. Aren't you glad that there's, there's been some times in your life and seasons that God's brought you through them and now you don't have to revisit them? I, I pray sometimes, God, like help me to learn whatever it is I'm needing to learn because I don't want to come back to this chapter. So let, let's get through. I'm glad I don't have to go back, but I'm still between the covers of this thing, and I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, you're in between, and a lot of us are there. Many of us are, are in these times, this time in our life where we're just between. We're between where we've started, we were between uh, where we started and where we're wanting to go or where we're needing to end up, and we're in between. And I just wanted to take a few moments. This is going to be a little different this morning. You're going to want your Bibles today because we're going to look at a few different verses Typically, as I uh, begin to preach or think about, and the Lord begins laying things on my heart, it's a passage that God just goes, here's a passage, and there's so many good things in that passage, and I like to, I like to that's how I read the Bible, it's how I study the Bible, it's how I like to preach, and today's going to be a little different, it's going to be a little bit more of a shotgun approach, all right? So you're going to want your Bibles and your phone or whatever it is that you're using, get those opened up. 
and turn it to Genesis chapter 12. Because we're going to look at, um, and we're not going to look at all of it, but we're going to look at a few of the highlights of the in-betweens for Abram. Now, Abram in the Bible, marries. he's married to a woman named Sariah. And Sariah and Abram are getting older, and, and they've been pretty successful. Eventually, Abram and Sariah, their names are changed to Abraham and Sarah. And eventually, they birth a nation of people, uh, Israel. And it's, a, it's an awesome story, and we can't go through all of it today. But, but what I do see is, as I'm reading, so lately I've been reading the book of Genesis. If you know me well, the way I read the Bible, I, I don't pick it up and read just chapters and chapters at a time. And, and I've been reading through Genesis, so I guess that's where, one of the reasons why we are where we are today. But Genesis chapter 12 begins the story of Abram. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, says this, The Lord said to Abram, Go out from your land, go away from your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. It's, a, it's the beginning of an awesome story. It's the beginning of a great story of Abraham. There's a place where God wants you to be, and a plan that God has for our lives, we get that. But you cannot possibly, and I'm reading this scripture, and we have to understand from the very beginning, you cannot possibly get to where God's wanting you to be if you're not willing to leave where you are. And oftentimes what I see is people going, I've known people that have these dreams and like, yeah, this is what I want to do, but they're not willing to leave where they are in order to get there. And the reality of life is this. If you're not willing to leave where you are, you're never going to go where you're supposed to be. And when it comes to chasing the things of God, following the will of God, uh, trusting God in your life, eventually at some point for every one of us, God is going to start calling us away from where we've been. And that's a tough spot to be in. Because where you've been, you're familiar with it. You're comfortable with it. We understand it, and we understand it pretty well. And here we see God calling Abram, and he says, Go out, leave, step out, and then I want you to go somewhere. I'm not just telling you to step out and, and, and leave just for the, the enjoyment of it or, or just because I want to see if you'll obey. No, he said, I have a place for you to go, but in order for you to get there, you have to first leave where you are. Now, I'm not suggesting today that we all pack up and we leave, and that's not what I'm suggesting. I'm not suggesting quit the church. I'm not suggesting go home and pack up your house and move. That's not what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is this. Anytime God calls us into one thing, he's, it requires us saying goodbye to another thing. In order for there to be a hello, there's always a goodbye. In order for there to be a, a brand new season, there's always a leaving an old season. God here's calling Abram. He's like, hey, Abram, I want you to go out from your land. I want you to leave your relatives. I want you to get away, but I want you to go somewhere. I'm calling you to a land. I'm calling you to a place. The journey can't begin until you're willing to leave. It just can't. The, the in-between, the in-between is the passage that God uses to get you from where you've been to where he's taking you. That in-between, that's the passage that God always 
uses. He rarely ever, if ever, I, I, never in my life, has he ever just picked me up and, and threw me into another chapter. There's always an in-between. That in-between is the passage that God's using for us, teaching us and showing us, growing us and maturing us in, in some ways. And, and, and again, we see this scripture, and Abram's now being called to leave. If you're not willing to leave the old, God will never take you to the new. Too many want the promised land without leaving Egypt. In order for Abram to get the promise that God was giving, he had to first leave where he had been. He had to be willing to leave. Then we read right on down into, in this same chapter. Let me, let me just read the next couple of verses to you. We're going to end in verse 4 here. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse any of those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed because of you. Now look at verse 4. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram, listen to what it says, was 75 years old. When he left Haran. So Abram hears the, the words of God, and God says, I want you to leave, and I want you to go over this direction. And, the, and verse 4 says, and then there was a promise after that. I'm going to do these things. I want to bless you. I'm calling you out. I want to bless your children and your great-grandchildren and all this stuff. And, and then the, verse 4, Abram leaves. Abram leaves. He packs up. He packs up everything that he has. He's, he is now, get this, 75 years old. It's such an easier story if he's 25. It's so much easier of a story if he's 30. It's so much easier of a story if they're single. How many has ever given single? I've done this before. Young men especially, they'll come and they're like, I'm wanting to do this and this. And I'm like, you know what? Do it while you're single. And then like young couples, I'm like, do it before you have kids because I'm telling you there's coming a time when it's not so easy. Well, here Abram is. He's 75. His wife's 65. Everyone on the face of the earth is talking about retirement. Everyone on the face of the earth is going, it's time for us to start taking it easy. Everyone's going, oh, I have a dream. I'm going to have a vacation home at the beach. If any luck at all, I'm going to have a home at the beach, and I'm going to have one in Colorado. Wouldn't that be living the dream? We'll just bounce back and forth on our private jet. What a wonderful way to live. That's, that's their dream. You know, they're just they're like everyone else. It's time for us to slow down and take it easy and start chilling. And we're going down to the, uh, you know, we're going to go join everyone else at McDonald's for breakfast at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's what we're going to do. And we're just going to enjoy life. And here we see a story that is totally contrary to that. At this moment, Abram and Sariah, they're trying to figure things out at 75. I assume everyone that's 75 hasn't figured it out. I also assume by the time I'm 75, I'm going to want to slow way down. I do. But then I read these stories of people in the Bible. Do you know just because you're 50, it doesn't mean you need to stop? Or just because you're 60 or 65 or 70, 
It doesn't mean you need to stop. It doesn't mean that life is over. I, I get it. We all do it, right? We get older, we're going, well, let those young people handle that. Well, that's, that's, that's okay, but those young people are not very smart. They need your wisdom and your help. I read this story about Abram. I'm reading it the other day, and I was 75, and God, you're just now calling him at 75? What was you thinking? You should have started 50 years ago. He should have made this promise 50 years ago, at least in my mind. And then I, I read this story, and while others are thinking about retiring, and I see Abram and Sarah and, 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 and his nephew Lot, they're setting off on an adventure. I, I, I told Stephanie this a while back, and I meant it. And I mean it more now than I think I've ever meant it. After the last two, three, four years, I'm not going to wait till I'm 80 to start enjoying life. Just not going to do it. Why would I do that? Now, I'm not saying that there's not, uh, there's not things for us to do. I, I'm reading a story where God's calling at 75. I want to enjoy life now, and I want to enjoy life when I'm 75. I don't want to get to the point where I just go, well, I'm finished, and I'm just going to stay home, and Steph's going to, I don't know what you do when you're old, but like crochet and, and I'm going to whittle or something. I don't, want, that's not going, I don't want to be that person. I want God to still be calling me at 75. I still want him to be anointing me in areas at 75 years old. And Abram is 75 and God is just now calling him. And the Bible says in verse 4, so Abram went. He set off on the adventure. He set off on the unknown. He packs up everything. He invites his nephew, Lot. I'm going to tell you why. Because Lot's a little bit younger, and he was going, I, need, I have some wisdom, but I need your strength. I may need your help, Lot. And Lot agrees to it. And they all take off together. And he's trusting God. He's putting faith in God. After all, verse 2 and 3, look at what it says. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Abram's sitting here going, God, I'm trusting you because it's your promise. And you said if I'll do it, you'll do the rest. And at 75 years old, and his wife's at 65, they take off. At this moment, at this moment, Abram and Sariah are in between. At this moment, it was the beginning, this is the beginning of one strange story. But at this moment, they're in between. And this is where a lot of us are today. A lot of us have already said, God, I'll do what I need to do. But I don't know what that is. I'll leave if I need to leave. I just don't know where I'm supposed to go. I'll, 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 I'll follow it wherever you want me to go. I just don't know where we're going and we're in between. And I, that's where I really want to minister to us and I hope the Holy Spirit ministers to us today because Abram and Sariah now are in between. The moment they packed up, the moment that they stepped out of their house, I remember years ago when Stephanie, I've told the story, Stephanie and I, we were, uh, we were just starting in the ministry. We were young. We have this little baby. God calls us in the ministry and we're working and with the youth just for a little while and God calls us 
to, we needed to get educated to some degree. And, and God called us to go to school. And we didn't know where we were going. We owned a house. We owned cars. We have a little baby. We're all working. And, and God's like, no, I, I want you to do this. And I remember locking the door, walking off our step, getting in the car, thinking anytime now God's going to stop us and say, oh, I'm just kidding. You know, go back home. He never did that. We're pulling out of the driveway. And as we pulled out of the driveway, we were now in between. It was like, what are we doing? God, where are you taking? I don't understand this, but we're in between. And I, I'm reading this story, and I see Abram and Sarai now in between. Now they're in that place. The, the leaving is exciting. If you've ever taken a trip, you pack up, and it's like the leaving's exciting. And the arriving's exciting. If you're going to go visit family or whatever, and you're leaving your house, you get everything, you get in the car, it's like, come on, kids, it's, we're going to take a 15, for us, 15-hour trip. Driving, it sounds like a blast. We all get in the car, we're all going, let's go. And the, it's exciting when you pull into the driveway of your family and, and you walk in, they're all there, and all, it's all exciting. But I'm going to tell you, that 15 hours between the leaving and the arriving, well, that's like close to being painful, torturous at times. I remember when we lived in Texas, it was a 24-hour drive for us to go home, and I would take a, we would take $24 dollar bills and put them on the visor, and we'd tell the kids every hour that you're quiet, you get a dollar. That was worth 24 bucks to me. I mean, it was like every hour, they'd be going, we've been good. I was like, here's your dollar, you know, and let's do it all again. Because that, that in-between, eh, it's just not that enjoyable. It's not always that fun. And that's exactly where Abram was. They're taking off, and, and now they're in-between. If you've ever remodeled a car or something like that, it's so exciting when you get, to, and I've never done it before, but I, it seems like it would be exciting. It would be exciting when you get you buy this hunk of junk car and you pull it into your garage and you're going, oh, I can see what it can be. I can see what it could be. And, 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 and it's like, oh, it's so exciting. And it would be so exciting when you finally put the last coat of wax on it and you're looking at this beautiful hot rod sitting in your garage going, oh, I can't believe this is so beautiful. But all that time in between when you're spending money and you're frustrated and you're busting your knuckles, that's not always nearly as enjoyable. And I think about Abram. That's he's he's taking off. He doesn't even know what what it involves. All he knows is God said, "Leave. I'm taking you somewhere," and that's exactly what he's doing. The leaving's exciting. The arriving's exciting. It's all that time in between. It's all that time between. In between's where you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the God you serve. In between's those moments where you get discouraged. It's those moments when the enemy's attacking. It's those moments when it feels lonely at times. It's that in-between. It's the in-betweens when you feel like at times you're not doing enough, but you're busy as you can possibly be. It's in-between. When you feel like you're not achieving what God really wants you to achieve, but you're trying everything you know to do, you're in-between. That's where Abram was. He's done everything he can do. He's packed up. He's starting to move. He's, he's leaving home. He's locked the door. He's on his way out. 
And it's where we can get discouraged and tired is why we're in between. It's why you do find old cars parked partially done, by the way. It was exciting to begin with, and it would be exciting at the end, but the in-between just wore us out. Numbers chapter 21 verse 4 says this about the Israelites while they were looking for the promised land. Numbers chapter 21 verse 4 says this, and they became discouraged in the way. From the time they left, they were excited when they left Egypt. I promise you that. They left and they were cheering and exciting, excited, and they were excited when they walked into the promised land 40 years later. But they got discouraged at times in the way. The way that God was taking them. The path that he put them on. The plan that he had. And they would get tired and they would get discouraged. Oh, leaving Egypt was exciting. Arriving in promised land was exciting. It was that area of in-between that got them. And that's the area that gets us today. It's the areas that we can struggle with. Abram leaves, but he's not alone. He takes his wife, Sarai. He takes his nephew, Lot. And they take off chasing the dream. Chasing the dream. In verse 7, and like I said, I'm just going to kind of read through some of this this morning. And the Lord appeared. Now this is in between. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him in that place. I'm giving this land to you. I'm giving it to your offspring. After leaving, and this is something that we need to understand, and I don't know, maybe this is just to help a few of us this morning. Something that we need to understand is through the story of Abram, this whole time that he's in between where he had been and where God was taking him, God regularly met with him. We, we read it throughout the Scripture. As you read the story, and you can go home and read it, chapter 12, 13, 14, and 15 of Genesis, we, we read this story, and it's uh, God regularly meeting with Abram, regularly speaking to him, regularly reminding him of the promise, regularly telling him, uh, that, that he's not left him and that that promise is still real and that promise is still true and we today still need these reminders. If you're in between this morning, you need to meet with God on a regular basis just so he can remind you that he's still God, so he can remind you who he, still, uh, who he is in your life. He, God can remind us of his faithfulness, remind us of his goodness, remind us uh, of his kindness and of his grace of his mercy. He can remind us of these things. He regularly meets Abram and reminds him. And for the next few chapters and years, several years of Abram's life, God continued to remind Abram that he was uh, the father of a great nation. Now, in fact, he, he goes on to say, look as far as you can see, all this land, it's yours. At one point, he, he, brings, he brings Abram outside at night. He says, look up in, the, up in the sky. Look at all the stars. And it's a clear, cool night, and Abram's looking up, and there's just stars filling the sky. And he said, that's going to be like the numbers of your descendants. At another time, he brings, he brings Abram out, and he says, look at the dust 
on the earth and all the dirt. He said, each particle of dust will be like your descendants. That's to come. Regularly, God was meeting with Abram, and regularly he was reminding him in these little tidbits of information of the promise that he had given. Now, here's the issue with this story. Here's the problem with it. Abram and Sarah could not have children. They were 75 years old. She was barren. They could not bear children. They could not have children. So every time that God is giving the promise that your descendants are going to be like the stars of the sky or the dust of the earth, uh, we see that Abram going, what are you talking about? And it's crazy to me because it's crazy that he left his home and his relatives and everything that he knew. He left all that for a promise that he had not even come close to seeing. There are some things that God has for you, you just don't. You've not had the opportunity to see it. You don't understand it. God couldn't even begin to show it to you because you're not ready for it. God has things for all of us that we've not seen yet. But we've got to learn to walk by faith and not by, yeah. Walking by faith and not by sight. Abram began walking by faith. God kept meeting with him going, oh, you're going to, your descendants are going to own all this land and they're going to be a great and mighty nation and, and they're going to be like the stars of the sky and the dust of the earth and they've not even had a baby yet. Forget all of his descendants. He was just walking by faith. Walking by faith. If you could see it, faith wouldn't be required. If you could hold it, faith wouldn't be needed. If it was standing in front of you, you wouldn't need the faith. Abraham was Abraham at this time was walking by faith. Sariah was walking by faith. They were trusting God. In fact, if you turn over to Genesis 15, you don't necessarily need to turn there this morning, but Genesis 15, verse 6, the Bible says, And God found Abram to be righteous because he believed. It wasn't because he went to church every week. It wasn't because he sang on the worship. He found him righteous because he simply believed. He believed. God, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to step out. I'm willing to be what you want me to be. I'm willing to do whatever you need me to do. I trust you. And because of that, God said, Abram, you're a righteous man. You're a righteous man because of your faith. Genesis chapter 12, let's continue. God meets him in verse 7, says, your offspring, I'm going to give all of this land to. And then the story takes a weird turn because here's, here's what's crazy about being in between. If you're between where you once were and where God wants you to be, your life is going to take some crazy turns, I can promise you. It's funny, they're walking by faith, trusting God, following God, doing exactly what God has said to do. And the Bible says, and a, and a dry spell hits. And it's so bad and so barren that they end up going south into Egypt just so they could have water. It, it was one of those times where they had no rain, there was no water, there was no food. And the Bible says they went south to Egypt. He and Sarai and, and Lot and everyone that they have with them and everything they have, they're traveling this big caravan and they go into the land of Egypt. And now here's where, here's where it takes a weird turn. We see in chapter 12, verse, uh, verse 10, there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt 
to stay there for a while because of the famine and the land was so severe. And when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, now look at what he says if you have your Bibles this morning. Look, I know what a beautiful woman you are, which that's kind of him. I mean, ladies, isn't that nice for your husband to go, wow, you're just hot. You know, I know that. You're a beautiful woman. He says, I know how beautiful you are and what a beautiful woman you've become. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say this is his wife and they will kill me and let you live so they can take you as their wife. Now, this is getting ready to get weird. So in the middle of the between, they don't know exactly what they're doing, but they know that they've already left the station. They're too far in to be out, and they're too far out to be in, and, and here they are in between. They're going down to Egypt just so they can survive because even when you're following God, sometimes there's still famines along the way. And now they're down in Egypt, and as they're entering Egypt, Abram says, you're so beautiful. I mean, if I was Abram and, and Stephanie was Sarai, he said, you're so beautiful that as we get there, they're going to want you as their wife, and they're going to kill me in order to make that happen. Now, here's where it gets weird. He says, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I've got an idea. Any, ladies, anytime your husband goes, I've got an idea, it's probably not that grave an idea. And he says, I've got an idea. Why don't you tell everyone you're my sister? So whenever they come out and they go, oh, she's so beautiful, they want to take you, they won't kill me. Pretty good idea. I mean, it's a lie. But it seems like a good idea for Abram anyway. I think Sarai's got to be going, so they're going to take me and you're okay with that? but they won't kill you, and you're not even going to try. And he's like, no, I'm not, I'm, not about to, I'm not about to protect you, right? Let's just lie about it, and you're my sister. Well, so help me. Read the story. They go into Egypt, and Pharaoh is like, hey, she's pretty good looking. Who is she? And they go, well, that's Abram's sister. Now, this gets crazy. So Pharaoh goes, oh, she's not married. So he takes her and marries her. Now, the story, it skims over this part. But I don't know what Abram's doing at this moment in his life. But he's got to be going like, well, that kind of stinks. How many has ever been in those moments where you're in between and you have those things come up and you're like, well, that stinks. I don't understand, God. I was supposed to, I'm following you. I'm trusting you. And this is what you do to me? You bring me into Egypt and they take my wife and we've lied about it and now she's my sister, wife, and I don't know what's going on here. And she's married to Pharaoh and I'm over here with my nephew and we're just playing tiddlywinks because we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. And you've had this promise that we're supposed to be like a great nation and I can't even keep my wife. Here's where, I told you it takes a weird spin. And so now she's married to Pharaoh Abram's over here going, well, I can't believe I lost my wife. And in the meantime, God puts plagues on Pharaoh's house to the point that it's, un it's unbearable, and he reveals to Pharaoh that it's because of this lady. And he actually calls Abram in. Now, I need to back up a moment. It wasn't completely free. The Bible says he gave livestock to Abram for his sister. So... 
He didn't do too bad. But anyway, he, he gets some cattle and some camels, right? And, and Pharaoh calls him into his office, and he's like, you lied to me. You said this lady was your sister. And now I find out she's your wife, and I've had plagues on my home. And he actually gives her back to Abram, like, take her. And then he says, I want you to get out of here. I want you to leave as fast as you can leave. I want you to get out. And Abram takes Zariah, and they take all of their belongings, and now they're like wealthier than they were because Pharaoh has given him livestock and gold, all this stuff that has been given for this lady. And now they've packed it all up, and now they're leaving. And as I was reading this story, I was reminded of times in our lives when we've been between. Between where we were and where God wanted us to be, and how many times crazy things have happened. And then I was also reminded how oftentimes we make knee-jerk reactions when we're in between. How many times have we made knee-jerk reactions while we're in between where God had us and where he wants us to be? Because we can't see any other way through it or any way out of it, so we just make knee-jerk reactions, and knee-jerk reactions are rarely good decisions. The knee-jerk reaction was, tell them you're my sister. Tell them you're my sister, and and when they take you, uh, they won't kill me. He's already played this all out in his mind. He's already made some knee-jerk reactions. These are decisions, terrible decisions, terrible decisions. But just do it. Just go and and be my sister and get married. And and, and just one knee-jerk reaction after another, bad decision after another. How many times have we been in between and we just make terrible decisions because we're either frustrated or we're tired or we don't understand it or it's, it, it, we can't get our minds wrapped around it. We're going, now what are we supposed to do? God, you brought me into Egypt. You, there was a famine and now I'm in Egypt and all this stuff. And, and we just begin to make these knee-jerk reactions. I told you the story took a strange turn. What's really strange is a few chapters later, Abraham did it again. A few chapters later, he's like, tell them you're, you're my sister again. That way they don't kill me. How many times have we made bad decisions after bad decisions while we're in between? I read this story of Abram, and I think of, of my own life and At times, we've made knee-jerk reactions, bad decisions just because. We had to make a decision. We had to do something, and we just do it. Instead of letting God just work things out in his timing, instead of letting him just do his thing and be God, I go all the way back to the very first two or three verses that we read when God's like, I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless your descendants. I will multiply you. I will do all of this for you. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. I will take care of it. And yet we see Abram, this great man of faith, making terrible decisions because he just wouldn't let God do his thing. These knee-jerk reactions, it's easy to do when you're in between. At one point, they were so desperate to have children. They were so desperate 
to make this thing work. They knew the promise that God had given, and God wasn't fulfilling His promise. Now we're years into it, 20, some, 20 years later. They're so desperate to make it work that Sariah finally comes to Abram and says, and I, this story gets weirder. She, he, she comes and says, hey, I've got an idea. Hey, guys, if your wife ever comes to you and says, I have a really good idea, it's always a bad idea. And, and she says, I have a really good idea. And Abram's like, what's that? She said, obviously I can't have kids. And Abram's like, yeah, but God's promised us kids. She said, yeah, but we haven't had kids yet. It's been years. Why don't I give you my servant? This gets weird. And you just go have a baby with her. And we'll raise the kid and we'll call it our kid and God will bless it. And Abram's like, yeah, that sounds like a bad idea. Right? So she gives him this lady by the name of Hagar. Well, first of all, guys, if you're ever dating someone named Hagar, that's probably a good time to back off. But uh, she's cousins with Helga, and it gets worse from there. So she gives him Hagar, and he has a baby with Hagar. And then God was like, that's not, I'm not blessing that. I can't do that. That's not what I said. That's not what I promised. And, and we see the story just getting stranger as it goes on. This whole in-between thing. And this is a great man of faith, by the way. This isn't Joe Schmo off the road down here that doesn't know anything about the Lord. This is a man that God himself said, I call you righteous because you're a faith man. You're a believer. And he's just making these poor, knee-jerk decisions simply because he was lost in the in-between. He was lost in between A and B, and he did not know what to do. And he was trying to make it happen. I'm telling you, church, there can be times in your life when you're, you're trying to figure it out, and all you're doing is trying to make it happen instead of just going, God, I trust you. I just depend on you. I trust you're going to do this for me. So we see him trying his hardest while he's in this, this point of his life. This, and he's making these knee-jerk reactions. And, and, I, and I don't know, I may end with this this morning. Verse, in chapter 13 and verse 1, Abram went up from Egypt to Negev. He, his wife, and all that he had, and Lot was with him. Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. And he went by stages from the Negev to Bethel to the place between Bethel and Ai where his tent had formerly been. Look at verse 4. To the site where he had built, to the site where he had built the altar. And Abraham called on the name of the Lord there. This is such a powerful passage to me. It's actually the one that caught my attention when I was reading. This is where it all started for me. It says, Abraham left Egypt, and he went in stages. He went in stages. Because the in-between is always what we call around here a lot, the process. It's the process. And rarely do we enjoy the process. But the in-between is always a process. It says, he left Egypt, and now he's going in stages to Negev, to Bethel, and then between there and Ai, and he ended up where it said, and he pitched his tent, where he ended up where he pitched his, pitched, 
he pitched his tent earlier. If you get those words mixed up, it really ends up in a bad sentence. So he pitched his tent earlier, and now he's back where he built an altar and had spent time with God prior to. And I was reading that, and it just stood out to me, number one, how he, how he went in stages. Because if you're in between, there are just some certain stages. It's funny that they didn't set off and just go, let's get there right now. Pack up, kids, get in the car. We're taking off. It's a nonstop trip all the way between Bethel and Ai. No, the Bible says they just went in stages because life's filled with stages. As you grow and mature, in fact, anything that grows and matures does that in stages. You don't plant a seed and then walk out the next day hoping for a tree. Other oh, stages. Eventually that thing, you know, it, it, it starts to take a little bit of root and it gets a little nourishment and then, then you have a bud that comes up, the sprout, and, and then, uh, uh, you know, it, you have this little plant and eventually it turns into a tree, a small tree, and then a big tree. It's all in stages. Children are in stages. You have a baby. We, we have two brand new babies in our church. These two little babies, we don't expect them to be driving next week. It's all in stages. It's just... You know, uh, yeah, we, we get to see Pearson on occasion now, and she's a few months old, and, and now she's clapping her hands. And most people would go, big deal. And I'm over here as a grandpa going, that's so awesome. She's clapping her hands because it's a stage, right? And, that, and, then, and, and, and when she started crawling, it was like, oh, she's crawling. This is awesome. We've got two more grandkids on the way, and we're going to be going, oh, they're clapping. Oh, I can't believe it. They're crawling. One of these days they're going to start talking. And then for the next, like, 20 years, we're going to go, what did we create? You know, and uh, what happened? I don't know. We were so excited about this at one point in our life. And, uh, but it all happens in stages. Well, in your walk with God, when you, when you close one door and you're heading toward another one, it takes place in stages. There's always a process. You don't know it when you're there, but God's making you into something that he can only do through that process. He's creating something in you that he can only create in stages because you can't handle it all at once. There's no possible way he can drop it all in you at once. He's got to do it in stages. And as they begin, begin taking off in stages, they went to one spot where he knew he had met God. Now, I want you to realize he just made a lot of bad decisions. He was like calling his wife his sister, and, and she got married, and they're just trying to figure it out. And where does he go? He doesn't go, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a, a psychiatrist or what. I'm not saying he didn't go. He ran to where he knew he had met God before. And in our lives this morning, part of that in-between process is going back to where you've met God before. Getting back and going, God, I, I've made a mistake. I made knee-jerk decisions. I'm sorry. I need to get back to where you are. God, I, I've made poor decisions along. God, I've messed up. I'm sorry. I need to get back to where you are. God, I've, I've ran, and I don't know what I was doing. I got lost for a few minutes in my life. I need to get back to where you are. God, I, I don't know how it happened, but I struggle with this thing, and I've got to get back to where that altar was that I built, where I worshiped you the last time. I've got to get back there and meet you again. And he runs back to that same place 
where he had met God before just so he could meet him again. He goes back to that place. Our Christian walk is no different. It's stages. It's growing. It's a process. This in-between stuff is no different. We all go through it. We all make some bad decisions along the way. We all make some knee-jerk reactions along the way. We, we, we leave one thing and we're excited about it. We're, we can't wait till we can say hello on the other side, but all that stuff in between. Don't know where I'm going and I'm wondering and taking people with me because if I'm going down, we're all going down together, right? You know, it's funny, real quickly, there's a scripture in there that says Abraham was wealthy. He had a lot of livestock and camel, we just read it, and gold and silver. I think the very next verse says, and Lot too had his things because he became wealthy. All by just being around Abram. All just from being around Abram, Lot was just picking up on some of those little things and going, oh, I need that, I need that, I need that. All this time while he's in between, he doesn't realize it, but he's raising up a lot that actually begins doing pretty well himself. All while in between. He, we see the story goes on, and it, it just gets stranger as the story continues. But at the end of the story, after all of this, after he's given his wife away twice, she keeps coming back, he... he uh, he, uh, he has a baby with another lady that doesn't work out well at all. After all of this traveling, 20 years later, 25 years later, they're now 100 and Sarah is 90. Now they're called Abraham and Sarah. 100 years old and 90 years old, God sends some people and says, hey, just reminding you, three men showed up have just reminded you of the promise that God gave you. And the Bible says this. We always talk about Sarah laughing because she did, but we overlook the part Abraham also laughed. Abraham was like, <laughs> again, that train has left the station. I am 100 years old. And these three guys is like, by this time next year, we're going to visit you again, and you're going to have a baby. And he's like, <laughs> his laugh all of a sudden got, you know, the nervous laugh that people get. <laughs> oh, boy. And then they hear someone laughing in the tent, and it's Sarah. And they're like, yeah, that lady in there is laughing. She's having a baby. A year from now, you'll be having, you'll be like rocking a little baby. And sure enough, they have this baby. They name him Isaac. And it was the father of a nation. 25 years they spent in between. I don't like spending five minutes in between. 25 years they spent there. 25 years before God brought it to fruition and made it happen. I guess what I want to encourage you in is this. Maybe you're in between. Don't give up and you're in between. The promise is coming. You just got to keep on going. I don't know. I just, this little story has just stood out to me for a couple weeks. I wanted to share a couple of highlights from it. Maybe encourage some of us this morning who are there. Let's not give up. Let's not give in. Let's continue our race. Let's run our race as good and well as we can. 
Let's run it full blast. I know it's in stages, and I know it's a process, but I'm not going to give up because I know there's a promise. With every promise, there's a process. I know there's a promise, and I know I'm in between right now, but, God, I know you're getting me there. Amen.